I'm Katie. And I'm Steve. And this is the City of Reading Podcast. Welcome to a Reading City Council update. For full details on each one of the items covered or to watch the meeting online, visit cityofreading.org. There are a few steps involved to navigate to the video link, but we will walk you through that at the end of the recap. For any questions, suggestions, or comments, please email podcast at cityofreading.org. Hi, this is Kim Niemer, and I'm here to report out on the city council meeting that occurred on July 20th. It was a packed meeting, really our first full agenda in quite a while. So I wanted to let you know what happened. Uh, First, we had some uh, very interesting updates and presentations from local partners, uh, including the film Shasta. Sabrina Jurish shared with us a number of exciting projects that she's helped facilitate come to Reading to do their filming. The film industry is a big business and brings in uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in business to our local hotels, caterers, and technical personnel. And she shared with us also some efforts that they have going forward with a chamber under the new contract. So interesting slice of our economy that a lot of us aren't familiar with. In addition, we got a presentation from Viva Downtown. John Truitt and Blake came and gave us update on where they've been, things that they have planned with the new downtown and the excitement about all the new construction, and also celebrating a new another accreditation as a Main Street organization. So a lot of good work happening downtown and a lot of it attributable to those two. In addition, we have the regular consent agenda, which are kind of routine items that have been previewed already and that they are approved in one motion. But there are some notable items I wanted to share with you. Um, One was a new contract, a renewal with the Shasta Economic Development Corporation. So they uh, represent the city um, with businesses and they go out and recruit new businesses to come to town. Um, And the city is an active and engaged partner in that effort. And that contract was for $86,000 for the current year. In addition, the city council authorized the purchase of sleeping cabins. This is a new initiative that the city council has been working on and the planning commission um, for these small sleeping cabins that are self-contained and we'll be purchasing about 15 of them and making them available to churches and other groups that want to host them on their sites. In addition, we had a approval for a new slide to go at the Reading Aquatic Center. So the Aquatic Center is getting a nice facelift and renovation. Uh, The activity pool has been under construction most of the summer, and we are getting a jump on repairs to the 50-meter pool and to replacing the three-floor, 100-foot slide in the off-season. So we will have everything open and ready to go for swim season next summer. Uh, We did also adopt a resolution for a grant for the police department from the Department of Alcohol Beverage Control for uh, law enforcement, for alcohol enforcement. And that is a grant that we've gotten many times um, to help with DUI and also selling of alcohol to minors. They signed a contract for a big project to look at relocation of Pump House One. That is a major water pump that we have on the Sacramento River, and it is getting old and dated, and we're looking for alternatives in the future. 
And we also approved, this is exciting for those of you that like to visit the River Trail and the Sundial Bridge, authorized uh, award to construct four new charging stations. Um, and they are the high speed charging stations for electric vehicles um, that will be in the parking lot there adjacent to the Sundial Bridge. Um, we also approved a transfer of water to the Bella Vista Water District, the Shasta Community Services District, and the Clear Creek Community Services District. And the city of Reading is fortunate to have very old and long-standing water rights that are better and more secure than most of our neighbors. And so, although many of our city of Reading residents receive their water from these community service districts, and so uh, we are in a position to be able to sell them some water to help offset some of what they have lost. And so those agreements um, were approved as a group uh, last night as well. We had a few special public hearings last night. Um, one was for a revision to the Reading Tourism Marketing Group. So they are, that is a group of the hoteliers that have put on themselves a tax on the room nights and they then use that money to do marketing and other promotion of Reading and the hotels that are available lodging. They asked for an adjustment to the amount that could be spent on staffing and overhead, and that was ratified last night. We also have the annual updates to the Landscape Maintenance Districts and the Sewer District, Sanitary Sewer Maintenance Districts. So these are annual reviews, and many of our subdivisions are included in Landscape Maintenance Districts and just two in the Sanitary Sewer Maintenance District. And these fund common area landscaping, frontage improvements, and so each one has its own distinct uh, accounting and uh, utilities, and so those reports are all put together. Um, and the costs for the upcoming year are projected so that those assessments can be sent to Shasta County to be added to the property tax rolls. And so those um, are also approved. We have 49 different landscape maintenance districts. So like I said, many, many of our houses are included in those in a few commercial districts. We also heard a presentation by the planning department on a new holiday market project. And those of you on the east side, uh, Shasta View and Hartnell will be excited to know that our local holiday market is planning to build a new a new store uh, just on the other side of the street from their existing store. And it will be a lot more modern and better parking and drive through with some other services, including a fueling station. Uh, will be a nice upgrade to that place and also um, an added convenience for the many um, houses on that Shasta New Hartnell area. Developers were also present as holiday market leadership and uh, it looks like a great project that we're all pretty excited about. Uh, in addition, um, we had a presentation on the Panorama Park project and that needed a rezoning in general plan amendment as well, because a portion of the parcel uh, was zoned as general office, and now it's going to be a park. That is a project that we've put forward for a grant application, and the city is super excited about it. It's about a 10-acre park on Lake Boulevard between Panorama and Taramac, and they will find, we'll find out uh, later this fall whether uh, it's been accepted. It includes ball fields, a gymnasium, dog park, and playground. Um, we also heard an interesting presentation by the 
fire chief on a new fee um, that is called emergency medical first responder fee. And this fee would be um, $326 and it would be added to uh, many of the medical calls that the fire department goes out on. We will be giving a more detailed presentation later in the podcast. The city council also uh, increased the incentive of uh, signing bonuses for new lateral police officers. And so it has been very difficult to recruit lateral police officers. Those are police officers that come from other agencies that have experience. And historically, the city of Reading has recruited very well. That is not happening right now. And so they increased the signing bonus from $7,500 to $10,000 and also allowed lateral police officers to start with 80 hours of vacation leave after their probationary period. Uh, They also increased the incentive to police officers who refer lateral police officers who are hired and pass their probationary period. So um, we have a lot of 10 or so open police officer positions. We need to get those filled and looking at creative techniques and strategies to attract those officers and especially those more experienced lateral officers. We also heard a presentation from the public works director. Uh, on water conservation. And um, as he shared with us that our water supply is solid. However, many, many cities and communities and districts, including several near us, are uh, not getting the water that they need. And so we are looking at a campaign to encourage our customers and actually the parks department's already cut back its water use by 15%. So really kind of taking the drought that's in place and encouraging voluntary conservation practices in our community as well. And that really highlights um, most of what we talked about. Uh, Again, we do have uh, the full meeting. It went till about 10 o'clock last night, four hours of interesting debate and discussion and where all of the items were more thoroughly discussed, as well as the uh, staff reports that outline all the issues as well available online. So lots of great things happening in the city of Reading and encourage you to to check it out and to keep up with uh, your local government here to serve you. Thanks. Big thank you to Kim Niemer for that city council recap. And now, as promised, we are going to bring back Chief Jared Van Landingham of the Reading Fire Department to explain in more detail about the emergency responder fee. My name is Jared Van Landingham. I'm the fire chief for the Reading Fire Department. And at last night's council meeting, uh, a proposal went before council uh, that I put forth called the Emergency Medical Services First Responder Fee. And I'd just like to give you a little recap about what that first responder fee is and maybe answer any questions that uh, you may have. So fire departments have evolved over, over the years and originally were put in place primarily to suppress fires. And so our taxes that we pay uh, here at the city, that money goes into the general fund and then general fund is divided up between all the different departments in the city. And so sometimes it, you know, with the level of work that we do on the fire department, we consider ourselves an all hazard agency. So we put out fires, we run medical calls, we handle traffic accidents, uh, we respond to hazardous materials incidents. Uh, We handle some technical rescue type things. And of course, we're heavily involved in wildland firefighting. And so 
you know, as a fire chief, I'm always looking for ways to um, create a sustainable service here at the city. So the first responder fee is not a new concept. In fact, we have other mechanisms set up that use the same dollar amount. In fact, our hazardous materials response has a fee uh, similar to this. Our DUI traffic accidents and wildfire firefighting also um, has a fee attached that is the same amount. The fee that we're proposing is $326, which will be given to all the patients that we respond to here in the city and render medical services. And so fire departments and the ambulance companies here in town, we run those medical calls together. And it's pretty important that we do that. So on the fire department, we provide what's called BLS or basic life support services. The ambulance provides advanced life support services. And the two really work in tandem together. Good ALS is not effective unless good BLS was performed either prior to or during. So it's really a lot of teamwork. And we've got a great relationship with our ambulance companies here in the city and have worked really closely with them on putting this first responder fee together. Now, it's separate from an ambulance bill. Ambulance bill is separate. This is specifically a bill from the fire department of $326 that is primarily paid for through insurance companies. And uh, it's not new, as mentioned. Many other agencies across California or have first responder fees for the same purpose to recoup some of the costs that it, it, it takes us to have um, EMTs and first responders on our fire engines. And so just to give you a little bit of snapshot on how busy we are at the fire department, we run over 15,000 calls a year, and about 65% of those calls are medical related. And so, you know, that, that takes a lot of time and it takes a, a lot of money for us to provide training and certifications and equipment and personal protective gear uh, for our firefighters to be able to provide that service. Our response times, and this is really important, our response times in the city uh, on the fire engine is about six minutes to get to an emergency call. Now that's average. So there's certainly parts of the city that the response time is much longer. Uh, but there's also times, uh, places in the city that our response time is much shorter. So about six minutes. The ambulance average response time is, is just under 10 minutes. And in emergency medical services, the chain of survival is really counted in seconds. And so the longer somebody is not able to breathe and provide oxygen to their brain, to their heart tissue, those become uh, more and more critical as time goes on. So response times are really important. And so if we did not provide this type of service to our community, you know, the, the negative impact to this community would be pretty great. So uh, it's important that we continue to provide the service. And this emergency services first responder fee is a way for us to capture some of the costs that it, it takes us to provide that service. Uh, the anticipated revenue that uh, we're thinking we might be able to bring back to the general fund is about $390,000, which can go a long way to help us replace, you know, automatic uh, external defibrillators, uh, you know, nitro gloves, all the things that it takes for us to provide the service and to maintain certification and, and training. As mentioned, it's primarily paid through Insurance companies, Medicare, Medicaid, auto insurance. And uh, I think the most important thing I want our community to understand is that 
We have built into the ordinance a compassionate billing clause. And so what that means is if somebody does not have the ability to pay or they do not have insurance, all they'll have to do is, is, is let us know that um, we can look into it with them and explore ways uh, to either forgive that bill entirely or a portion of that bill. It's pretty common in the industry to have um, billing waivers such as this. I'd be a, we're going to make sure it's a simple process, so it's not going to uh, be a complicated uh, process for somebody to have to go through. And we'll manage that out of the chief's office here in the city of Reading rather than a third-party entity having to handle that. So that's the first responder fee in a nutshell. We're anticipating that uh, we might be able to get something up and running by the end of this year. Uh, we have some community messaging and education that we'd like to go through. Uh, we're going to have to put out an RFP to determine who the billing company is going to be. Uh, we also have some work to do around policies and procedures for our staff, and that'll take a little bit of time. But uh, sometime towards the end of the year or the first part of next year, we should be able to start issuing the first responder fee for patients here in Reading. The numbers that I used to figure out potential cost recovery was based on our ambulance transports each year. So on average over the last five years, about 7,500 patients are transported to the hospital. Now we run on a lot of patients that do not get transported to the hospital. And we, we consider those the low acuity, non-emergency type calls. A lot of those we don't even respond to, the ambulance just handles. But on the ones that we do respond to, you know, that aren't transported to the hospital, those are situations that we might be able to apply a, a lesser amount than the 326 that we're talking about. So anyways, based on the 7,500 times 326 for the fee, that gives us about 2.4 million in potential billable revenues, if you will. But the collection rate on that is only about 20% in, in this community. And so that brings it down to about 400,000. And then if we pay a third-party billing entity to provide that service, then we're looking at about another 20% off that, which brings us down to the 391. As a reminder, to find the video link, just follow these steps. Step one, at the bottom of the City of Reading homepage, click the button labeled Meetings and Agendas. Step two, once this page opens, click the tab at the top of the page labeled Meeting Videos. Step three, under the Available Archives section, click Reading City Council, and there will be a list of meetings with video links on the right-hand side of the page. Step four, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. 